got to talk about Gen Z. We got to talk about Gen Z. Welcome. Welcome to this week's thoughts, ruminations, and unsolicited advice from me, Jack Tracy, creative in New York, whom you either know personally or you've stumbled upon this podcast and you have no idea who the fuck I am. Why am I qualified to tell you anything? I'm not. Here we go. Gen Z. I've... I guess I'm I'm like upper millennial, like millennial Gen Z, Gen X border. I turned forty this year. Uh, I graduated in high school in two thousand one, so I think that like they say you're a millennial if you came of age around two thousand, which I think I qualify for. So I'm prob I'm an elder millennial, I think. And this is the first time I have ever felt a disconnect with younger adults you know i've always considered myself to be you know my friends were always older i was always friends with the upper class i was rarely friends with my colleagues uh excuse me i forgot to close my fridge this is the content that you get from a jack tracy podcast you get interjections of alarms and doorbells and maybe a dog asking to be fed uh welcome to my life here in my queen's apartment um so uh, this is the first time I've ever felt disconnected from the youth, where it's like I interact with them and I'm like, you're a strange creature. Why? Why? Why are you behaving like this? Um, it's it's curious. Um, so again, even though I had always, you know, I, I was friends with my teachers. I was that. I was that kid. Um, friends with the old ladies down the street. You know, like that's sitting on their porch talking about how the neighborhood changed, you know, and there I am as an eight-year-old with a juice box, like, you tell him, Harriet. You know, I... Right, that was me. So, rarely ever had friends my age, but I never felt truly different. I thought of myself a lot of times as more more mature. Looking back, certainly not mature, if I look back at it. But more. Uh, or more... <laughs> Interesting. I know that sounds arrogant, but I don't care. Um, but I now, having interacted with the younger generation, I'm just like, I don't understand you. Like, I don't. I don't understand how you behave. I don't understand how you talk to each other. I don't. Now, I am fully aware, fully aware that the circle of life is that every older generation complains about the younger generation. Every, every. I remember when it was about the millennials. The millennials don't know the meaning of hard work. The millennials are the participation trophy people. The millennials this, the millennials that. And I, and then, you know, now being like, oh, boomer, like criticizing up. It's the circle of life. So I'm just falling into the same thing that everyone's like, that thing that I was complaining about when I was the younger generation being critiqued is I'm now doing back fully aware of it. So I'm going to try to veer away from, like, judgment as much as I can and really just um, stick to ob- my observations. Because I, I truly, I truly do not understand how Gen Z, like, they're, how they operate. Um, so I think the biggest difference 
and it's an obvious point, but the biggest difference is the relationship to the internet and now to social media. So I'm of the generation where I remember when our schools got computers. That was like late elementary school, like fifth, sixth grade. In those first couple years, there were no computers in schools. And we got a computer lab and it had like three old school Apple computers with the actual floppy disks where we played Carmen San Diego. Like that was, and the library got some computers I remember. And like, I, do people do microfiche anymore? Like we used to do, oh God, now I sound, I'm so old. Um, do the kids look at the microfiche anymore? <laughs> Whatever happened to microfiche? Um, anyway, I, I remember that. And I remember when AOL started and having AOL Instant Messenger. And I remember the early days of, like, Napster. I remember when Facebook was small and just starting, you know. So I have watched and participated in the birth and growth of the internet and social media. So I didn't enter the world or enter adolescence with it already sort of a part of life. Um, I remember when I got Instagram, I think it was like in 2012, I was a full on adult man. Like, uh, anyway, so I think that's probably a big factor in the difference. And so let me, let me tell you the interaction I unfortunately had with Gen Z this summer, which informs like, like at this point. I have to be careful to not be ageist, but I'll just say I would prefer to never work with anyone under the age of 30 again, ever. I just, no, nope. We have different points of view on work and how you talk to each other, you know, being respectful of people. Completely different views. Completely different views. Uh, so I would just really honestly prefer never to see anyone under 30 again for the rest of my life. Um, so I was fortunate to book a lot of gigs this summer, manifested them all. Some of them were my productions. A lot of them weren't. I was invited to pride festivals and drop in here and drop in there. And it was really amazing to finally feel like, you know, I I think of, a year ago, a year before that, or two years before that, just trying to get anyone to let me get on stage. And now I kind of have a bit of a name for myself in New York City nightlife and like getting booked. And I'm I right now I'm at the precipice of moving into larger venues and more mainstream venues, which is incredible. And I'm very thankful for that. But that's to say, I had to get me, you know, my dancers together for the live events. And unfortunately, during the Pride Month this year, all of my like tried and true trusted dancers have danced with me forever had already booked all these other gigs. So I I had no one. I was like, fuck. So I was like, okay, I got to go back and audition new dancers, which um, it's going back to auditions. Auditions are wild. You put up an ad, you put what you want. You never get exactly what you want. You get like 100 submissions. Only 20 of them fit the bill. Only 10 of them are talented. Only two respond to you. It's, it's grueling. Um, I was getting friend referrals. That's the other thing. Uh, well, what the other thing? The first thing is I haven't, I haven't made any criticisms yet. Criticisms yet. 
We are in an age where you have a million ways to contact people. You can text them. You can Instagram DM them. You can Facebook message them. You can email them. You can call. No one calls. You know, there are myriad ways to get in contact with someone. Gen Z is unreachable. <laughs> I think they're like overpinged. Like there's too many ways, so they just don't engage in any way. Like they will not respond to you. They will leave you on read. They will at best like like or heart your message, but not feel the need to answer any of the questions in it or respond to you in any way, which I, quite frankly, I find deeply disrespectful. If someone made a point to reach out to you, especially as a job opportunity, you should respond, even if you don't want to do it. Because I'll never offer you anything ever again. And anybody who talks to me about hiring you, I'll tell them not to hire you. Like, it's just, it's so, it's just so disrespectful. Like, the least you can do is respond but they don't. And I think because they live in the world of ghosting, that's always been a thing. They just think it's acceptable. In my view, it's not. But I think I'm in the minority now. So I'll just behave the way I think people should behave. Uh, um, but yeah, so I had to get all these new dancers. I got some through friend recommendations. I got some from backstage. And they were extraordinarily talented. And a lot of them were union. And most of them were Gen Z. Like, they were young. And... It was, I felt sort of older and, and I mean, not only was I the boss, but I also felt the distance for the first, for the first time with people I was working with. Like, oh, this, we are, we're not in this sort of together. Anyway, um, very talented, very good. And listen, I do these tiny little indie gigs. I don't have the money to pay them a lot, but I was very clear and upfront with, what I would pay and what we would do and give them the dates. And for the beginning of the summer, it was going great. If a date wasn't worth it to somebody or they couldn't make it, they couldn't make it. I had who I had and it was perfectly wonderful ecosystem. And I started to feel that there was some resentment building. Like they found it insulting that I wasn't paying them more. And to be clear, the pay was always the pay. And it was always, and like they always had the ability to be like, no. And they never did. They always said yes, but they said yes, but like I think felt personally insulted that their level of talent be offered something so pitiful, which quite frankly, they were good, but they're not that fucking good, right? Like they'll be great second alternates on a cruise ship someday, but like, you know, let's be real. And I talk about them like this because they ended up being a bunch of dicks. So anyway... A lot of, there's a lot of, um, everybody thinks they're the fiercest thing on the planet, which, like, great to have a lot of self-confidence, but, like, Gen Z, the Gen Z that I interacted with really doesn't have a lot of perspective, you know, where they are in the grand scheme of things. There's, a everybody is amazing and the best and whatever. Anyway, anyway, I'm getting beside myself. So, getting sidetracked. So, I hired them for all these gigs. We're doing great. I feel this resentment building. We're getting to the point of a music video. It's the first music video I'm filming with all of them. And they're very excited. And I told them what the rate was and what we would do and how long I needed them. And if you're looking at it from the, the broad perspective, we wrapped early. I still paid them the whole time. Um, they had waters and lunch and all of that reimbursed like it was basically like oh because i'm paying you 
the extra hours we weren't here, that pretty much takes care of, like, you run down to the deli to get a sandwich, you know, it takes care of that. Um, we moved, we, no one, you know, we were flying through the shots, uh, and the video was fucking cool. The, the problem is the venue did not have air conditioning, and it was summer, and they did not tell me until I walked in the door. So immediately, I first, I told them all when they got there, I was like, look, they don't have air conditioning. So it's like, we're going to take tons of breaks. You're going to go outside whenever you need to. I got a bunch of fans in here. We're going to make do. We're going to do our best. And I think them coming in with a bit of resentment over the pay, despite the fact they could have said no at any time, um, there were some performances going on. A lot of heat performances. A lot of laying on the ground. A lot of, oh, I can't, oh. And it was hot. But I was fine. I'm a 40-year-old man dancing my ass off doing twice the amount that they're doing and in charge of everything. And I was perfectly fine. So uh, I'm going to hold some shitty comments about the state of some people's health uh, maybe being a factor. Um, right? It was fun. And some of my older dancers had come back, older being uh, people I've worked with in the past, and were at the shoot. And they were fine. I was like, yeah, no, it's hot, but, like, you know, we're taking breaks and we're getting through it. And this is a great shoot. But these kids, they wilted like flowers. They were, they couldn't stand the heat, so they needed to get out of the kitchen. And, like, I felt some aggravation on set. And I, I talked to a couple of them, like, you all right? Do you need anything? Blah, blah. No, we're fine. We're fine. You know, we just need to get, we just want to get through it. Just want to get through it. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's try to wrap early. Let's fly through it. And we got through, and I just, I sensed, you know, so I texted the one who was trying to fuck me all summer that I was not interested in, um, because I thought, because of that dynamic, he would tell me the truth. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'm just sensing, is there, is there beef? Is there issues? And this and that. And he sent me this laundry list of how I ignore the dancer's needs, and I... I, you know, I run an unprofessional company and like all of this stuff and they work twice as hard as I do and and I take them for granted. And it's like, I was like, look, it was hot. I was clear about the pay. I checked in. I don't know what the fuck you want from me. Like, I don't know what else I could have done. I was like, I threw up. It was so hot. I was like, I didn't know that. You should have told me. No one told me, which makes me think it's not fucking true, that they just, you know, they wanted to make a little show of it. Honestly, I think in the same way the last episode I talked about, I was looking for a reason to get out of that relationship. They were looking for a reason to get out of the relationship with me, so they really played this up to give them, like, an exit because they're pussies, and they can't just be like, I don't want to work for you anymore. They needed a, an escape. So, because that's another thing. The things that they will say to you on text and DM, they will never say to you in person. The... Growing up, being an anonymous voice on the internet, being able to just be the rudest, cruelest, vicious selves that they could possibly be, what gives them like that that culture that they grew up with and being, um, they can do that in a message format. But in person, it's like, oh, oh no, uh, of course, oh no, this is so great and this and that, because pussy um so which i've encountered from my generation as well like people generally don't like confrontation and i don't give a fuck 
Uh, I Anything I'd say to you on the internet, I'm going to look into your eyes and say to you as well. Anyway, um, so the, just all of the stuff. So I, I reached out to the, and he immediately, re- I resigned from all future unprofessional productions of yours. And like, you know, I'm making a jerk off symbol right now as I'm talking about this dickhole. And I was like, fine, good riddance. And quite frankly, I had to cut you out of every shot because you never quite learned the dance uh, as amazing as you are. Uh, so anyway, so he's out. And so I, I was like, Hey, I don't know if some of these complaints are yours too. I put it in our group chat here. Sort of like my response, like, look, this is what I tried to do. I understand it was hot. I understand you're not happy with the pay, but like I was upfront. You could have said no at any time. This is what I can do. If we want to talk about this, you know, just like the things I did to try to make things comfortable, this and that. And then the next one, the, the real nasty one was like, um, uh, uh, this is exactly what I expected from someone like you, unprofessional, unapologetic. And it was just like, okay, well, you feel however you want to feel. Let me send you back my message and highlight the 20 times I said I apologize. And um, I don't know. Go fuck yourself. And uh, tell your boyfriend to stop slipping in my DMs and trying to fuck me. Um, <laughs> that's always what it is. I guess I should feel flattered, but it's always what it is. So, um, and tell him to stop putting his hands on me at our events. Anyway, so good riddance to that one, too. Uh, I even hired that one. I even gave that one extra money to, like, keep his eye behind the camera, and he kind of did that. Anyway, and I hired his boyfriend as the makeup artist, and he did, it was fine, it was fine. It wasn't magic, but it was fine. And then he, like, shattered this, like, container of, I think it was, like, oil all over the set and then just, like, left it. And I had to pick up the glass shards and clean it all up because I guess he was angry about the heat, uh, which he could have left any time because he wasn't doing makeup after the first hour. Anyway, um, but anyway, just these, like, t- childish temper tantrums and these, like, you know, ad... Yeah, what's what's the word ad hominem attacks and it's just like okay and I'm just like I'm upset because it's like I thought that was good to you all summer and it really it just ruined the summer because we had a great summer and I look back and I was like oh you're all a bunch of liars like this was all fake you were all just a bunch of phonies and now I can't look back at like the last summer like I can't look back and take the joy that I was taking from it as we were doing it now I just look back and be like, oh, I was just being lied to the whole time because they were just talking shit behind my back and secretly resented me and blah, blah, blah. And then the girls all started dropping out. They were much more, like, respected, uh, uh, sorry, respectful. But it was clear that, like, you know, it, it was clear that they found more value finding camaraderie with each other using me as the villain than that was more valuable to them than coming to me with their concerns and fixing it. It was more, because the only reason I got any of this is because I asked. That was the other thing. I was like, well, if you were, I kept checking in and you told me you were fine and you didn't tell me about this. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do if you don't tell me. It's not our responsibility to tell you. It's your responsibility to know. And at that point, I was just like, oh, well, fuck these people. Like, they just, this, they want a hill to die on. They did, I, it doesn't matter what I did. They, they want and that's another thing. Gen Z loves to be a victim. They love it. Oh, if they see an opportunity to be a victim, they take it and they run with it. Oh, and there's posts. And I I never thought I would have to make a video like this, but I just need to tell everyone how I was a victim. And the other thing was, 
I kept getting accused of silencing them when I was responding to their stuff and being like, well, I'm sorry about this, but I had no control over that. And I don't think that's fair to, to this. You were expecting the one. I don't understand why I didn't have a chair. I was like, because the venue didn't have fucking chairs. Who are you, Meryl Streep? Get the fuck over yourself. Do you want your name on it? Did you want a limo to set? Eat a dick. Um, so <laughs> anyway, the, like, the, the ego and the like, like we expected union treatment on a non-union set. Well, then you're you're the one who's mistaken. This wasn't a union set. I don't know why you expected union treatment. We have what we have. It's rough and tumble. We performed on a fucking tarp at a quinceanera. Like, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I'm sorry you had unreasonable expectations. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so anyway, they all resign in their own ways. And it's you know, good. And, and I talked to a friend about it because I was upset about it. I was like, I've never, I've never had an instance where someone has worked for me and not had an amazing time. It was the first time people were like, I hate this was a horrible experience and you're unprofessional. Every other experience is like, oh my God, I love working on your sets. You're so great. You're, you know, we, you don't waste our time and you actually pay us. Like most people don't pay non-union people. You know, it was just like, it was such a change. And I was like, and I had, I, had, I checked in with the DP. I checked in with the other, older dancers. Like, am I nuts? Like, was I crazy on set? Was I a monster? Was I, was it? And they were all just like, no, I... And the Gen Z are, well, we were the only ones brave enough to stand up to you. And I actually got that from an extra earlier in the year. Again, everyone else on the set, we had a great time. Everything was wonderful. This one. I can't believe you're paying me an hourly rate. Yes, I read the contract. And yes, I signed it. But it's still unacceptable. And I will stand up to you because I'm the only one. And just like, okay, block, mute, blah, crazy. Um, but yeah. Oh, so the silencing thing. It's like. I'm not silencing you. You can say whatever you fucking want. But if I don't agree with you, I'm going to disagree with you. But if the person isn't immediately apologetic and falls all over themselves and admits that they were right and and grovels, they're being silenced. And it's like, no, you could also just be wrong. It's so strange. So anyway, uh, they can go ahead and Gen Z their way out of my projects. I have no interest in working with these fuckers. Um, and it's just, it's just, I, I, it's sad because I had such a good time over the summer and now I can't look at it fondly at all. Like they ruined a really great experience for me by showing their true selves. So that sucks. Um, it sucks because they're very talented, you know, but, you know, they're young. They'll, they'll start to understand what the world is one day. And, yeah, I think, like, there's no point, especially when I, you know, there's no point in engaging. There's no point in arguing. There's no point in trying to change their mind. There's no point. There's no point. They believe what they believe, and they're going to think what they think, and they're going to say what they're going to say. Oh, and um, I'm very tempted to tell everyone I know about what... Girl, tell everyone you know and your 300 followers. Like, tell everybody you fucking know. I'll tell them. Like, share this episode. I don't... I don't care. And you're no one. In the way that I'm no one. I'm no one. You're no one. It doesn't fucking matter. This is all nonsense. Um, anyway. Uh... But yeah, this just like inflated sense of self and ego and victimhood and silence and 
I'm just like, and it's it, it's also a shame because it like, what the things I like about the younger generation is they are standing up for you know the environment and they're not looking at systems and being like that's the way it always was. They're like, yeah, that's the way it always was, and it needs to change. And I love that about the younger generation. I think they have more bravery than we did to actually tackle you know, systems of oppression and institutional racism and transphobia and societal things. But I think there's a way that that really great thing about them gets twisted in their social media and interpersonal relationship world where it's like, like, yes, cancel Louis C.K., but cancel the indie performer who's paying you everything he has because there was no AC, like, like the lack of perspective, like, like that tool, which I think is a great tool, is being used as a weapon where it shouldn't be. You know, it's weird. It's weird. It's it's. But I guess that's just the case. Every generation criticizes the younger generation. They don't know the meaning of work. They blah 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 blah. It's the circle of life. But it's the way it is. So if you're listening to this and you're, you're Gen Z, I assume I have already triggered you. And um, I'm sure you've already stopped listening and have unsubscribed. And that's fine. Go live your life. I'm going to go live mine. But um, if not, hopefully you can be a credit to your generation. Maybe see my observations and maybe agree with half a one of them that'd be nice and if not i truly don't care right so this week this week was a old man griping about young people get off my lawn that's why i should title the episode get off my lawn uh i'm almost 40 see you next week